Hi there and welcome to another Osler podcast. Medication errors are seemingly a perpetual problem in healthcare and many are directly related to preparation of medications. Pre-filled syringes are an opportunity to address some of these issues. Dr. Rhys Thomas is a specialist anaesthetist and the Anesthesia Quality and Safety Fellow at the John Hunter Hospital in New South Wales, Australia. This podcast is proudly sponsored by Baxter Healthcare and we're grateful to them for their support. Reese, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Todd. Great to be here. Reese, what is the safety issue that pre-filled syringes are trying to address? Uh, yes, well, uh, safety is an interesting term and um, there's lots of discussion about what it actually means out there. So I guess for me, my view of safety, so it's not uh, necessarily the absence of accidents or incidents or errors as such, um, but I like to think of it and, yeah, kind of uh, this is not my own idea, but I, I like to view it as the presence of capacity. Um, so having the capacity to respond uh, swiftly and adequately to uh, the variety of challenges and problems that crop up just in everyday normal work. Um, work is never the same when we're performing it, so there will always be things we have to deal with at short notice. And so having the capacity to do that, I think, is what creates safety. So in the context of medication safety, um, I think that pre-filled syringes uh, can be an important contributor, um, play an important role in providing that capacity for healthcare workers, uh, whatever position they're in. Um, though, of course, it depends on exactly what you mean by pre-filled syringes, because there's, yes, um, many different ways that that term can be understood. So the, if we're using um, pre-filled syringes, they're designed, I guess, in terms of um, uh, reducing some of the medication errors that can occur in clinical practice. What are those? What are the key medication errors that are, are occurring? Yeah, so I think this is another thing where these question of safety and errors kind of comes into uh, context, and so it depends on where you're using them. Um, and so yeah, there, there's a variety of things out there that can be classified as pre-filled syringes. So that can vary up from just um, the emergency drugs that I might draw up myself before a list starts. So there's no specific indication for them. I've just drawn them up myself from an ampule and got them there ready to go. But then something like Clexane, those kind of uh, pre-filled syringes with a needle on the end, that, that qualifies as a pre-filled syringe. Uh, so there might be more a, a, a dosing error that they're trying to avoid. So you've just got a fixed dose for a patient. You just give it all and that makes it nice and simple. Um, a lot of vaccines now come in pre-filled syringes uh, the EpiPen um, would technically fill into that um, category, but then you've also got things that are compound um, products that are compounded by pharmacies in hospitals or uh, wherever, and then more formal TGA and FDA approved products. So depending on what product you're talking about and the context that's being used, that's going to affect uh, what kind of errors that we're um, talking about. Um, and so within my specialty of anesthetics, um, I guess, um, the main use case that I've, I've been involved with for pre-filled syringes is for the, these emergency drugs. That um, So when I started my training as a registrar, it was pretty routine for myself or my consultant to, before the list had even started, before any patients had rocked up, um, draw up some emergency medications into a syringe and have it there ready to go. So it was classically some uh, atropine, some metaraminol and some thiopentone. Um, and you'd draw them up, they'd be sitting there ready to go, but then it was pretty common actually to not need them at all, and then at the end of the list, you'd, you'd chuck them out not having used them. And it was important to have them there as this kind of um, spare capacity available in case of an emergency, but it meant it was significant cost, and you could argue some um, unnecessary wastage of those products as well. 
Um, now, that's less common these days for a number of reasons, but um, one of them is that we've now got some pre-filled syringes. So for metaraminol and phenylephrine, we've got pre-filled syringes. So instead of having to draw up our own uh, and then discard it at the end of the day, we've got them there ready to use, but we don't open them. So they're easily accessible if we need them. Um, but uh, if we don't need them, then they're, they're, we can put them back in the drawer at the end of the day. And, and the reason we do these, like to have these pre-filled syringes ready to go is that if there isn't an emergency and we need something quickly, then drawing up these medications at that point becomes dangerous because we're in a rush, other things are going on. We're much more likely to make a medication error where we, we draw up the wrong drug or we drew up too much of it or we make a dilution error. So that's one big um, potential for reducing drug areas, errors with our pre-filled syringes. So um, the, the minimizing the need to draw drugs up in an emergency, I think, is, is the big one. Another big area where there's I've seen some discussion and thought about this issue a bit is in syringe swaps. So in anesthetics in particular, we'll often at the beginning of a case um, draw up, um, it could be as many as four, five, six medications that we're giving as part of the induction that we want to have ready to go. Um, so that means that sitting on our trolley there for, um, for a patient, we might have a number of different um, syringes there ready to go. And there's the risk that when we want to give someone some uh, a sedative in the anesthetic bay, instead of giving them midazolam, we unintentionally give them a muscle relaxant and that can be a, a massive drama. So there's all sorts of ways that we try to reduce the risk of drug uh, syringe swap uh, happening. Uh, and one of the ones that has been discussed is having pre-filled syringes that are kind of clearly identified as such uh, in that in that context. So there, there are a couple of examples from my specialty, but there are other ones out there um, depending on the context and specific product you're talking about. Reese, um, it seems like that's a very sensible solution to the problem as described, um, but obviously it depends on how frequent these sorts of events occur. How big a deal are we talking about in terms of medication errors in, in healthcare? Uh, yeah, well, I, I think the short answer to that question is that uh, it's a bigger problem than it should be. Um, there are definitely lots of cases of patients getting the wrong medications or the wrong dose or not getting medications when they should uh, and those sorts of issues. There's a, a longer, more nuanced answers, answer regarding how big this problem is uh, in that drug errors and errors more broadly are notoriously difficult to put an accurate number on. Uh, and there's many within the safety science uh, community that uh, even uh, have significant questions about the value of the concept of, er of error and where it fits into safety science. Um, but then, yes, if we do accept it as a, as a valid concept, then there's a separate question of um, how you want to count errors and what is the best way to do that. Um, because uh, you'll get different answers depending on the methodology used, uh, whether it's um, self-reported measures or incident reporting systems, um, direct observation or chart reviews and those sorts of things. So it is a bit difficult to measure. Um, um, but uh, I think, yes, everyone does agree that it is a problem. It's bigger than it should be. Um, and uh, that uh, looking for new ways to improve medication safety and, and providing healthcare workers uh, with good options to improve this capacity that they need in order to be able to create safety is really important. And I think on top of that, uh, that if we can improve medication safety through whatever mechanism, not only does, is it obviously better for patients, I think there are significant cost savings that can be made as well through various mechanisms as well. Um, so yes, it, it is a big problem, but there's a big question to mark about just how big it, how big it is, but it's big enough to warrant significant effort on our part, I feel. 
Reese, in addition to the safety benefits of potentially avoiding drawing up errors, are there other benefits to pre-filled syringes? Uh, yeah, I think so. So, um, yeah, and it, it depends a bit, again, on, on what uh, specific type of product you're talking about and the context that it's being used in. Um, so, um, yeah, there is that discussion around, uh, around wastage. Now, I am always careful when I use the term wastage because... They talk about uh, one man's waste is another one, another man's spare capacity. So I think um, uh, we do need to allow for something that someone might consider being a wastage, but that's an important thing for for our job. But certainly in my context where I'm working, um, pre-filled syringes have had that ability to stop us needing to, for every list, draw up our own emergency drugs and just have uh, one there ready to go if we need it. And then if we don't need it, we can put it back in the drawer. So I think that's, we've still got that capacity there through the pre-filled syringe, but um, it's meant that we've been able to save some money and also reduce kind of um, waste going into landfill or, or being incinerated and those sorts of things. So there's, there is definitely um, um, a cost reduction there. And that, and that kind of fits in a bit with um, shelf life and those sorts of things as well. So there's discussions that be had around that. Um, other potential benefits, um, uh, yeah, I think it can uh, just simplify the process a bit, make it uh, a bit faster as well. Um, so drawing up your own medications before the beginning of a list or preparing things uh, in whatever context um, takes time. So having it already kind of pre-filled before you can save some, um, some time in that context as well. So there are some potential other benefits as well. Reese, there's warts on all frogs, I guess. Is there, <laughs> yeah. um, are there any downsides to the use of pre-filled syringes? Um, uh, yeah, there are definitely. I've definitely seen some uh, firsthand, um, and I think it comes back to uh, the importance of understanding that any intervention for patient safety or medication safety specifically, um, it's not happening in a vacuum. So you always need to take into con into consideration the context that you, you the intervention is happening in, and so while you might save one problem um, with something like a pre-filled syringe or some other intervention, um, it may generate other problems. Or um, it's also important to remember the interactions with the rest of the system. So um, we've had some recent uh, pre-filled syringes that uh, we purchased. Um, they sounded fantastic um, initially, but then once we got to use them, we realised that um, they were uh, kind of not intuitive to use um, and um, failed on some occasions and also wouldn't work well with our syringe drivers. So in the end, we had had to get rid of them. They were causing more problems than they were solving. Um, so I think it's important to consider the design, not just of the, the pre-filled syringes themselves, but the context that they're going into. And when you start digging around the FDA or TGA safety alerts and other things, it's um, surprising how many different types of pre-filled syringes pop up in there um, relating to issues with how they're, um, with how they're uh, performing and issues that they're causing. So um, the EpiPen, which is well known, not just within healthcare, but for um, people and families with anaphylaxis, um, it's well documented that there's some design flaws with that. That means it's not uncommon for the person administering the EpiPen to be injected rather than the patient. So you can imagine that that would cause significant issues on a number of fronts. So um, there, there are definitely some issues there. Um, and sometimes it can be, uh, 
sometimes it can be difficult to work out the potential cost or, or wastage benefits because there are many things that you need to take into consideration. Um, so yes, they're, they're not a magic bullet by any stretch of the imagination, um, but I do think they have a role to play provided that um, they're well-designed and implemented in a situation where potential unintended consequences are taken into account. Uh, and um, I'm a bit skeptical of any pre-filled syringe that requires significant training or um, uh, instructions on how to operate it. Uh, syringes have been around for centuries, if not millennia, and they're pretty intuitive to use. And I've come across some of the instructions and education required for some of these syringes and and that's always a bit of a red flag for me the world we live in race is uh well requires us uh to provide proof of both efficacy and cost effectiveness at times um is there anything in the literature that um that supports the use of these sorts of syringes at this point in time um that's a good question it's it's not one that i've had a, a, a close look at myself um and again, yeah, there can be some um, difficulties with assessing effectiveness in, in terms of depending on what uh, you mean by that sort of thing. So um, um, I would not be surprised if there, there was literature out there that would kind of back up um, some of that, bearing in mind, though, that, it, yeah, it is going to depend on the specific product that you're talking about and the context that it's being tested in. It might be that... Um, a particular pre-filled syringe will show a significant cost and safety um, and wastage benefit in one context, but then if that then gets applied in a different context, then though that they may not be realised as well. The, you've obviously had some experience in implementing uh, pre-filled syringes into your context. What's been the feedback that you've received from staff who have used it? Um, yes, I think generally, if as long as they've worked as expected, then it's been overwhelmingly positive um, some of the, the issues so um, some of the, the downsides have been that when you're going from uh, storing ampules in the the trolleys that it can often be quite small almost too small you could argue that you can't actually read the writing on them but when you're taking like a one or two mil ampule and then turning that into a 20 or 10 mil syringe that takes up a significant amount of room in the trolley so that can sometimes be a problem and the trolleys get cluttered or um, that you then have um, storage of other medications um, being a problem. Um, but by and large, yeah, my experience is that myself and the colleagues that I work with, um, when they work well, they're strongly in favour of them um, in terms of being able to know that they've reliably got it there. It's um, easy to access and saves them a bit of time and hassle. Reese, thanks very much for joining us on the podcast and sharing your experience. Not all, Todd. Thanks for inviting me. Thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Get access to all our great podcast interviews, as well as hundreds of modules, journal reviews, quizzes, and articles by downloading our free app. Search for My Osler wherever you get your apps, or visit our website at oslercommunity.com.